Welcome everybody. This is Marilyn Marie. Just wanted to say thank you all who's been listening in on my podcast. I ask that you continue to visit my podcast as you walk along with me. Also, I hope that to all those out there that you are moving forward with your life and that you're healthy and safe. I'm going to read you a poem today. It's entitled Abuse, written by Adri, published February 2008. He pulls my hair, he slaps my face. He kicks me on the floor. I love him so much, so I don't have the strength to walk right out the door. There's blood on my face, everything hurts, and all I could do is cry. I made him mad. So this is what he does. I wish I knew his reason why. My heart won't let me leave him, and it hurts too much to try. I wonder if this is how my life will be from now until I die. He says he's sorry. He takes me into his arms. He even starts to cry. I tell him I forgive him and that everything is fine. For now, at least, because I know it will happen again in time. On today's podcast... I just want to ask a question. And the question is, why every time the abuser says he's sorry, we accept the apology? Knowing that time and time again, it's going to happen again. What is it that they have over us? That the moment they apologize, the moment they shed a little tear, fake tears, our heart melts, our emotions get the best of us, knowing that our head is telling us, don't, don't fall for it. But our heart says, I love him and I can't help it. And you can't help who you love. What is it that we see in them when they apologize? Being a victim myself, when he apologized to me, I forgave him each time. Because I thought each time was going to be a different time. I thought that every time he sincerely came to me, held my hands, looked me in my face, looked deep into my eyes and say that he's sorry and that it was not going to happen again, I really wanted to believe it. I really want to believe that this time he is true. But that's never the case. I wanted to see the real him somewhere in there. I wanted to see that he has come to the realization how wrong he has been. And within that moment of the apology that he is from now on going to treat me like his queen. And that is all lies that we tell ourselves. We are blinded even when it's in front of us. You have people like myself who had prayed many nights and asked God, God, please help me to see what's in front of me so that I know to be able to remove myself. Give me a sign, God, please. 
And the Lord had given me so many signs. And I willingly ignored it. For example, just a high school girl, 16 years old, falling in love with a boy who's 18 years old, thinking that he was the greatest gift to the world. You don't never see the signs at first, and it's not like they're going to just tell you who they truly are because, you know, you basically meet their representative. You don't really see and meet the real person until time goes by. And I've seen signs. I've seen early signs and ignored it and just figured, no, he would never do that to me. But it turned out that he ended up doing it to me and he ended up doing it to me for 13 whole years. I remember the first slap in my face. I was arguing with him about a television. You know, back then we had the little square televisions and he had a black and white TV and he slept in the living room. And, you know, coming from the type of home and family that I have, you know, it, you know, for it to be around 1991-ish, you know, you're still with a black and white television. Um, my parents had bought me a television for Christmas, one Christmas year. And um, I felt truly bad that, you know, he had a black and white TV and then someone took the TV because their TV broke and... You know, it just kind of went in circles. And given the type of heart and person that I am, I said, well, you know what? Let me give him my TV. I don't think my parents would mind. We had TVs in every room. And during those times, we didn't stay in our bedrooms. We, You know, we would sit in the living room as a family and we would watch TV. Or, you know, I might have been in a friend's house or whatever we did back in those days when we were younger. So, and then, you know, I knew that I was going to go over to his house from time to time after school or maybe on a weekend, you know, and I wanted to be able to watch TV. I don't want to just sit in the living room and stare at the wall. So, you know, I brought my TV over and his mother took it. And his mother used to smoke cigarettes and I really don't like the smell of cigarettes. I actually hate cigarettes. It's it's not even healthy for you, but that's not no here, no there. The point of the story is, is that she took it into the room so she can play her game and watch TV. What I didn't like, it wasn't the fact that she took the TV to watch TV and or play her Super Nintendo at that time, but she was placing her cigarettes on top of my television and it was burning my television. It was literally burnt marks on top of a brand new television. And so I politely, in the best way that I could, you know, told him, you need to get my TV out of your mom's room because she's messing up my TV. It's, she's putting burn marks on it. No one asked me if they can take the TV. I loaned you the TV so that I'll be able to have something to watch while I'm visiting. So he would say, yeah, 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 I would get it, I would get it, I would talk to her, I would get it. And time went on, probably more than a couple of weeks or so went on, and I was beginning to get really frustrated. 
and I brought it to his attention again while he was walking me home. And at that particular point, I was angry because I kind of let it balled up and I, you know, badgered him even more and was telling him how I didn't have to bring that TV over there. I did it in good faith. It was a brand new TV. You know, I, I did it so that he'll have something to watch. I have something to watch. And I just kind of kept repeating myself, but with more intensity in my tone. And the boy turned around and slapped the living heck out of me into the gate that we were passing outside. He did this in public. That was the very first time that he slapped me in my face in public very much embarrassed. I, I think I thank God that there was really no one around. By then we were already on my block, on my neck of the woods. And when he slapped me in the face, I grabbed my face and just stood standing there in shock. I couldn't believe that I had been slapped in my face. Not even my own parents. My father never put his hands on me. My mother was a dis disciplinary but even then, she never slapped me in my face. And for this young man to slap me coldly and directly so hard in my face that it knocked me into the, to the fence was really shell-shocking for me. At that point, I actually said nothing to him. I kept quiet. I was already feeling defeated and shocked and... You know, it's the beginning of our relationship. I, I've never thought that he would put his hands on me ever. Given that, you know, he has a mother, he has a sister. Uh, boy, how wrong I was. I went into my house and I didn't tell my mother. I didn't tell my brothers. I did not tell my father, I told no one because as I stated in previous podcasts, I never let anyone in. And that's where I error. That was the very first time he ever laid his hands on me for something that I did that at least I thought I did out of kindness. And you know what? The, the end of the story is I never received my television back. They destroyed it. I ended up, of course, getting a new television, but that's not the moral of the story here. The moral of the story here is why do we forgive them every time they apologize? We have no real reason as to why we forgive them. We just want to forgive them because we just want to see the good. We must learn to put ourselves first. If we're single, with no children, and if we have children, we must learn to put our children and ourselves first and realize that we are really living in a dangerous situation. So to all you people out there who's listening in on this podcast, I can do nothing but say he will never change or she will never change. Don't fall for the crocodile tears. Don't fall for the sorry look in their face and 
Don't fall for him or she grabbing on your hands and saying it will not happen again because it's all false. Love yourself enough to get out of that situation. Love your children enough to get out of that situation. There is life out there aside from the abuse you are suffering from inside. Please break it. Get out of there. Save yourself. Give yourself a chance. Give your children a chance. To all those who are listening, who are in this situation, please seek help. I probably will say the same thing pretty much near the ending of my episode. Seek help. Find a safety net. Call a friend. Call a community-based organization and get out. Thank you all for those who took the time out to listen. I ask that you really dwell on what it is that I'm saying. It's for your own good and it's for your own children's good. Break the cycle. I want you all to know that you are loved, you are beautiful, and you are worthy. So that wraps up today's podcast. And I want you all to know to be bold, to be beautiful, to be free, and most importantly, be you. God bless you. Until next time. Peace.